Our Lord has such a way. <laughs> um, I wasn't planning on, on being here to speak to you, my brothers and sisters. Um, our Lord sent me to Washington to have some time, I thought, just to speak to Father Francis. And I was very relieved back in Miami when our Father Jordy told me, no, you don't have to worry. You'll only speak to Father. You're not going to speak to anyone else. <laughs> and then today, Father looks at me and goes, well, I think you should speak to the community. And I thought, our Lord had said to me a while back, when you go speak, I don't want you to prepare. I want you to go and speak from your heart. And I thought, and so he knew that if Father Doherty would have told me, I would have been so nervous, I would have prepared something. <laughs> so God gets his ways all the time. So here I am speaking you to, to you with nothing prepared, but I'm going to do what our Lord has taught me, and that is to speak from the depths of my heart. Um, I'm a wife. My husband's Peter. I'm a mother. We have eight children, seven boys, and one little girl, which is our eighth daughter, Lulu. I'm a grandmother. We're expecting our third grandchild. Um, and Father Francis asked me to speak to you about two things, spiritual motherhood and the mission that our Lord has entrusted to us. And I thought, wow, how am I going to do this in 10 minutes? It's impossible. I could speak just on spiritual motherhood probably for more than an hour. Um, but I will begin by something, a few things I think the Spirit led me. First of all, what Father Francis just said, to pray, to pray, and I just happened to have my journal with me, this is not planned, and our Lord taught me something very profound about prayer. So I said, well, there's a lot in my journal, and I just opened it, and it went exactly to that page. So I knew that our Lord wanted me to share this with you, and I'll show you what he taught me about prayer. When I say your life is a prayer, your life is an offering. To offer me your life is the perfect prayer. Your thoughts, directed to me, directed to love, is a prayer. Your desires to know my love, no, your desires to know me, love me, and serve me, is a prayer. Your touch is a most beautiful prayer. Your words of encouragement and love to others is a prayer. Your efforts to bring peace and unity in your families is a prayer. Your smile is a prayer. But your most perfect prayer is your pure suffering united to me and my mother. The prayer of pure suffering is the sweetest fragrance that reaches and delights the heart of our Father. This is also the prayer that produces an abundance of fruit. This is the prayer that is most united to mine as I intercede before the throne of the Father. This is why my mother's suffering of solitude 
produced and continues to produce showers of graces upon the world. I wish the mothers and missionaries of the cross, this is our community, but this is for the whole world, to be perfected in the prayer of suffering. It is through contemplative prayer that you come to know me and the prayer in which I fill, guide, and form you. But it is the prayer of suffering in which you honor, console, and love me and participate in the redemption of souls. The prayer of gratitude and thanksgiving should be your every breath. Thank you, Jesus. So, that's a little words on, on prayer. And what is spiritual motherhood? Well, I can only tell you, I don't know how I'll do this so quickly, but years ago, our Lord began to form in my heart a call to be a mother of the cross. And he began um, to show me and I, I'm, I'm a homeschooling mother. I, we've been homeschooling for almost 20 years now. So I like to think of my home as my, um, my domestic monastery. <laughs> and um, he began to show me in the most ordinary things of life how to be a mother of the cross. And of course, you all know the mother of the cross is Mary, our blessed mother, the mother of God. And for example, he showed me one morning as my children were getting up one morning, Alexander, who is now um, 11, and 13, he was getting up and um, the spirit moved me. I always say good morning and give my children a kiss, but that morning the spirit moved me to get on my knees. And I gave Alexander this hug, just an ordinary mommy hug, you know? But something was different. The spirit filled my heart. And what he revealed to me at that moment was that hug united to him, to his love crucified, touched the hearts of some other children somewhere in the world. And I thought, wow. I began to understand clearly the life of St. Therese, of the little flower, a woman who never left the monastery. And yet, she touched lives all over the world. How could that be? And our Lord began to just show me so many ordinary, the laundry, all our ordinary, you know, ways that we live as wives and mothers. How united to our Blessed Mother and Jesus crucified, my life and my home could have a direct effect and help bring about the redemption and salvation of others. That's just, and this call that I thought for a long time was just personal to me. Then our Lord began to re reveal to me and he began to tell me, unite my mothers of the cross. And I thought, and it was such an urgency. And I thought, well, who are they? And where are they? I have no idea. And something that I thought would be impossible just happened. I thought, you know, I'm just ordinary. I look like any other mom, you know. It's not like I, I'm a, a nun that has a habit that seems... No. And yet God has united these women 
we're not just in Miami, our community is love crucified, but we have mothers of the cross, some in our communities in, in um, Kentucky, ones in Colombia, South America, and it's just amazing. And our Lord began to show me the power of the cross. The word of the cross is the power of God. And one of the things Father Francis asked me to share with you was I read a few years ago that Father Jordi gave me the book written by Father George Kosicki, The Spirit and the Bride Say Come. And one of the things Father Kosicki explains in that book is the charismatic renewal. And he says the charismatic renewal came to a peak. And it seems that now it's, you know, just peaked. And he said, of course, because now a new wave is coming. There's a prophecy, a larger wave, and it will be the last wave. And it will recover two things that need to be. That's our Blessed Mother and the cross. And I understood, the Holy Spirit gave me the light to understand that Father Kasiki is a prophet of these times. And he was seeing, and so was Father Francis, and he was seeing the path that God is taking a church. And what our Lord was showing me and has been showing me is that when we consecrate ourselves to the Blessed Mother, which you are the community of the Mother of God, so I hope that all of you are consecrated to her, that we must understand what that means. Our Blessed Mother is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And our Blessed Mother did not follow Jesus Christ to the cross. She accompanied him. Our Blessed Mother was the strength and the consolation of our Lord. And then she did not just kneel at the foot of the cross. She was one with the word of the cross. Mystically, she received the piercing that our Lord received. Mystically, she received the wounds. Her heart and the heart of Jesus are united. And when God the Father receives the perfect sacrifice of his Son, he did not just receive the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He received the sacrifice of Jesus and Mary because of one, one heart. And then our Blessed Mother was ready to die with Jesus there and enter glory with him. But God chose to keep Mary, the Mother of God, the spiritual mother here on earth, to do what St. Paul says, continue the suffering of Jesus. She becomes co-redeemer, redeeming souls with Jesus. But you must understand, my brothers and sisters, that Mary is the first fruit of what Jesus did on the cross. That Jesus at that is also the bride. She represents us, the body of Jesus Christ. We are called to follow her 
To be filled with the Holy Spirit means to allow Him and our Blessed Mother to bring us to union with Jesus Christ. Tonight, you were given the word from Romans 8.12. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Well, what does that mean? That means this. That means to do what our Blessed Mother did. And we must understand the Peter, James, and John is with our Lord on Mount Tabor. And they experience this ecstasy. They see Jesus Christ transform before their eyes. That was a special grace given to them. Father Kosicki explains that that is like the grace that's been given to the charismatic renewal. We in the charismatic renewal have been given this grace of this coming into the Trinity, of coming to know Jesus in a personal way. But what happens after Mount Tabor? In Mount Tabor, our Blessed Mother was not there, and the cross was not there. And what do Peter, James, and John want to do? They want to stay there. They want to erect three tents. And Father Kosicki says, the charismatic renewal must understand what God is doing now. You have to come down from Mount Tabor. We have to be willing to be the remnant of the church that is going to ascend Calvary with our Blessed Mother and unite ourselves to the cross. This is the treasure. The greatest work of Satan has been to put fear of the cross in our hearts. When my brothers and sisters, the cross is the treasure. The cross is the precious pearl. Few find it. It is in the cross that we come into union, the most perfect union we can attain here on earth with the Holy Trinity is in the cross. It's where we come into full joy and fulfillment. And the fulfillment, what greater fulfillment can any of us have in life than knowing that we are participating in the redemption of the world with Mary, our mother. This is where God is taking us. He is uniting during these crucial times. A darkness is coming to the world. We see it. We feel it. We hear it. And this is the time of the new wave. We must unite to the mother of God. And we must allow her to accompany us like he did Jesus to the cross. And then what does St. Paul tell us? The word of the cross is the power of God. When we unite, we enter, we receive the full power of God, the full power of the Holy Spirit. This is what God is doing. And it is very important crucial for the times that are coming that God wants to raise up his army of holy priests because it is his sons, our priests, that are going to usher in the reign of the Immaculate Heart of Mary and with these priests, holy and faithful laymen and women. So this is the time that we see God is bringing about spiritual motherhood for the raising up and the renewal of the priesthood. 
And to me, what's so amazing is that truly the ways of God are not our ways. And it's amazing for me to see what's happening in the church, that the priesthood, my brothers and sisters, is going to be renewed. But it's not going to be renewed by a bunch of, you know, good programs. It's going to be renewed through a hidden force, the hidden force of spiritual motherhood. And our Lord taught me something very beautiful that opened my eyes. One of the reasons he left Mary on earth. And in that time, Mary enters from the moment of Jesus' ascension to her assumption. We don't, we don't read much about her in the Bible. She enters her hidden martyrdom, her greatest suffering on earth. And our Lord sends out his apostles, his first priest, and he sends them out to the ends of the world to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what we don't realize is that he leaves on earth the hidden force of spiritual mothers, sustaining those apostles and that church. Mary, Mary Magdalene, and others holy women were united in this most powerful hidden force. And what is the Holy Spirit doing now? He is uniting Our Lady's maidens, courageous women all over the world, ordinary moms like I am, like you are, in the hidden life to be one with Mary, the mother of God, the mother of the cross, to bring about the sanctification of his sons for the new Pentecost. The charismatic renewal with a moment of great grace. It's a time of great grace, but it is not the new Pentecost. The new Pentecost is going to be glorious. And he's asking us, and what was amazing is that in 2007, from the Vatican, from the congregation of the clergy, they put out a document. Guess what the document is called? Spiritual motherhood in um, Eucharistic adoration. There, it went out to every single bishop in the world. Read this document, especially the women here. It's amazing. There's been spiritual mothers for, you know, all of history. You know, what a spiritual mother we had in Queen Esther. Okay? But many times we've thought of spiritual mothers as religious, as nuns. So, you know, the ones in the convent, they're praying for the church. And now our Lord is saying, no, no, no. All women, especially regular mothers. Why? Because the woman, the feminine heart, has the capacity that God created us to love passionately. And we know how to sacrifice. Our life is supposed to be a sacrifice of love. And we have so many, what mothers here don't have daily trials with the raising of our children today? You know, trying to have holy marriages. I mean, our life is full. But our Lord shows St. Faustina that the majority of suffering is wasted. And our Lord is calling us to unite, especially the women. And he shows me that this renewal of the priesthood is coming in a way nobody expects. It's the hidden force of spiritual motherhood. 
So there's so much more I can say, but I know that, that the time is up. So I'll just, you know, give you that. And um, I thank you um, for who you are. I thank you for inviting me here, Father Francis. It was a, a great joy for me to have this opportunity to speak to you. And I ask you to, to keep me and our community in your prayers. Thank you.